Welcome to the Tech of Business show. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky. And on this show, we are exposing the technology that runs growing and thriving businesses today. From smart and innovative to nuts and bolts, there is no tech stone unturned. Now it's time to talk tech and let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Tech of Business podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Slutsky, and this is episode number 33. With the podcast now having a decent sized back catalog, I want to remind you that it is super easy to listen to past episodes just by scrolling back through the feed on your podcast app. Or you can head over to techofbusiness.com forward slash episodes and you can access them all right there. In addition, I have now got a separate link for you to go to all the deep dive episodes and another one for the tech breakthrough episodes. Today's episode is an interview with Jared Warner. Before my kids got out of school in June, I batch recorded many of the episodes that you've been listening to lately, including this one with Jared. Not all of the episodes were batched, but many of them. However, I chose not to do the editing and production until just before the episode airs because I know that things kind of change quickly online and I wanted to make sure that they stayed relevant and practical for you. So I just finished editing this episode yesterday. As I said, today's episode is with Jared Warner. He is an author, a podcaster, a speaker, and creator of the Entrepreneur Growth Formula. What I love so much about Jared's angle and the direction we took in this conversation is that it's practical and easy to execute on. Join us in the Tech of Business community on Facebook. It's super easy to do. Just go to techofbusiness.com forward slash community. Inside the community, we are talking about this episode and we are going to continue to keep bringing more and more easy tech solutions and continuing the conversation about the tech that may be the next great best thing in your business. Now enough banter from me. Let's get into the interview with Jared. Jared, thank you so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast today. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here. I want to start things off by just kind of asking when you think of your business and your brand and your book and everything else, how do you feel like tech is um, in there? Like, is it uh, something that you think about every day, something that you dread thinking about? Where does tech fall into the scheme of things for you? Um, no tech, no business. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> much where I fall. Um, totally and completely dependent on the use of technology. Um, my business and pretty much everything I do is all online. Um, I have hosted offline workshops, but even that had an online component where you could join via Zoom and even local people joined via Zoom. So now I'm making it all online again. So right. um, yeah, my, my business is totally consumed by technology. Well, that's great because, you know, sometimes people are afraid of technology and they want to have this online business or they want to be able to serve people around the world, but don't necessarily know where to start. So if you were um, going to be starting right now here in 2018, is there one place that you have called home that you would suggest people starting with? 
Yeah, um, I, I would say pick the social platform you're most comfortable with and where your customers reside. Um, for most people, that's Facebook. Um, and occasionally I come across people where they're like, you know, my, my business is not, or my uh, clients are not on Facebook. Um, I disagree. There's 2.2 billion active users. I'm sure you could connect with some of them and <laughs> sell them something. Um, you know, but for some people that's just not their jam, that's fine. Find whatever yours is and start with an online presence. Um, and you know, you don't have to have, uh, a business name necessarily. Even you don't have to have a logo, a tagline, your website, like all that stuff. If you can connect on social media and make an impact and start, um, connecting with your ideal customers, that's a fantastic first start. I like that. I like that. So it's, it's, you don't necessarily know what someone is going to want from you, even though you have an idea of what you want to serve. So connecting with your customers as early on in the process as possible is kind of yeah. what I'm hearing you say. Definitely. Yeah. And, and don't try to create um, solutions that you don't know if they want them or not. Um, I, I have a whole training where I've taken people through um, diving deep into the customer thought process using um, Amazon reviews. So if you take the product that you want to create or the service you want to create or whatever it is, if your ideal customer would instead say, I'm not going to hire you, I'm going to try to do the exact same thing with a book and try to replace it with that, go on to Amazon and do like they would do, search for it, dive deep in the reviews um, and, and learn what are they saying? What do they like? What do they not like? What do the one-star reviews say? What do they... Um, upset with, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's a great first place to start. I like that. I like that. Using Amazon as a uh, research tool. I've heard this on other podcasts before and from other marketing specialists. And I think that there's a lot of merit and sometimes it's so hard to know what to even start searching for. Um, you know, in my space, it's like, how do I search for the word tech? I mean, tech is all over the place. And so it's a matter of refining that message. Start with yeah. tech or whatever your big, huge bucket is, and then find something that sparks your interest and keep going down that rabbit's hole. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, the book will offer you a description of the book and, and tell you what's inside the contents and if you go yep that that connects that's good and and also it doesn't have to be like the exact solution you provide but it has to be close enough that your ideal customer would think that it is that it would be like even a competing idea and then you can learn so much from it yes. um, I, I have people take it a step further and then copy all those reviews um, not all the reviews but you want at least say five pages of reviews so at least 50 reviews and paste it into a word cloud software and then you want to remove all the common words um, other words that you're already would have used or you're familiar with and then find words that stand out that you're not using in your marketing that they're using um, and i've done this process with clients before and it produces crazy results and you learn to speak the language that they're speaking. You learn to see things from their perspective, not yours. You know, we all have our own idea and we all come from a certain perspective and uh, have a, a biased view towards things, especially when we're creating products or services. And so um, this 
helps to eliminate that. I really like that. So I want to go back since you mentioned a piece of technology that hasn't been brought up here on the podcast yet. Word, <laughs> Word, Word cloud site software or website. Let's dig into that a little bit so that you can we can discuss kind of what that is, what it does, and what where to find some things like that. Sure. Yeah. So um, the one that I use is Word It Out and it, it might not be my favorite one, but I am really comfortable with it and I can fly through the software. So I continue to use it. Um, I will say that there's a couple things to look out for. Um, one, it defaults to like the first hundred words that you put in there. So you want to change it. So if you paste in 950 words, you don't want it to show a hundred words because then you're not getting a full picture of what your ideal client is saying, right? So right. Um, it shows you all of that when you hover over and it shows you how many words they're highlighting. Um, it's a tool that most people use for art. So they want to highlight words and it can get creative and all that. I use it for research. I want certain words to stand out. So I want to change it and use boring fonts so that they stand out um, and they're readable. Um, but it has all kinds of things where you can make it, you know, look like a piece of art. What a wonderful way of using something that wasn't designed for the tool, the purpose that you're using it for, but yeah. um, making it work for you. And I think that's one of the things about these online software services and technologies that people are creating is that they may create it for one purpose, just like Facebook. Facebook was used, was created to connect college kids together. And now, as you said, it's like 2.2 billion <laughs> users. So you can use a piece of software that wasn't necessarily designed for the purpose that you're looking to, uh, to use it in. And it's a little bit of just thinking outside of the box and how do you how do you get there? That's, that's kind of where I'm hearing things. What other kind of tools or uh, websites do you like to use in that research and learning to speak the client's voice? Um, that one's my favorite one, but there are some people who um, say they don't like the results from searching on Amazon. And so for those, you can use the same process if you go through um, like Yelp, I've done that for clients where they are competing against several businesses that have been, you know, longstanding and they've got all kinds of reviews, good and bad. Um, they've got a long lengthy history. You can pull reviews from Yelp. Um, if it's, you know, somebody selling a course on Udemy or, you know, things like that, you can do the same process, but you can find the information in different places. Basically what you're looking for is your ideal customer has done business with a you know product or service that competes with what you're going to do and they've spilled their guts online and they've told you why they bought it what they liked what they didn't like you can look at everything so popular products you can read the sales copy and see what made them buy why did they buy this product what are the <laughs> core features then you can dive into to that company and see what is their presence what are they uh, how are they driving people through this process and, and building customers like all the information is out there we don't have to reinvent the wheel we do not have to start from scratch so if you're building a business and you're starting from scratch you better not be starting from scratch because all information everything you've ever wanted to know is already out there I like that. I've I like already that. made all the mistakes. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, but there's definitely still some mistakes to be had. And when oh yeah, 
mentioning um, using Yelp, one of the things that I really suggest uh, companies, if they're going to use Yelp to kind of look at reviews and stuff, is you don't have to look in your local city. And that's the thing. Right. That's the nice thing about something like Yelp, where it is location specific. So if you're up here in Seattle and you want to open a certain type of business, you may look at another market where that business type has been around longer and be able to get more reviews because you don't want to be a direct competitor with your neighbors, but you can glean all of those fantastic keywords and everything else from somewhere else around the country or around the world. So I really liked that idea there. Wow. <laughs> that just kind of takes me down a whole other avenue. And since I am not the marketing gal, I like to just put everything in place. This is just making my head say, Wow. <laughs> so yeah. I want to yeah, come back to you and your business and how you use technology to actually help your clients like within the client interaction process. I know like obviously, you know, when it's book sales and things like that, that's an asynchronous. That's when like it's one to many and you're not having direct contact, but you have direct contact with some clients and how do you use technology yep. to do that? Yeah. Zoom is a tool I don't think I can live without anymore. Um, Zoom is amazing. Uh, I've got the paid plan. So I've got group calls. I've got one-to-one -one calls. I um, record on my podcast with Zoom. It, it's just a fantastic tool. It's crazy stable. It works. It connects people all over the world. It's just awesome. It's one I, I can't do without with client interaction. Nice. Nice. And are there any other collaboration tools that you use? Um, I've used Google Docs. Um, I've used all kinds of different stuff. I, I don't use any more of the um, like Basecamp or any of those. I've used those on specific projects, but I'm not using those anymore. Um, usually it's between like Facebook groups, Google Docs, um, and, and Zoom for communication. So those ones um, pretty much cover all the boxes. I am looking at Kartra though, which um, I will be signing up this weekend and, and testing it out. Uh, I've, I've heard good things about the membership community things and, and being able to create, hopefully, what I'm looking for out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're not the first person who's mentioned Kartra to me recently. It uh, seems to be gaining steam and will definitely be circling back on that on the podcast as we progress through and maybe I'll get your feedback as a you know compilation episode coming down the down the pipeline later this year that'd be kind of fun to do do you have a reason why you chose not to use project management tools um, is it just the the workflow with the clients is it um, is it ease of use what was the the justification for not using Basecamp um, with Basecamp specifically, it was not being used by everybody and like everybody would like still lean towards their preferred method of communication. So it was like some people were sending messages on Facebook Messenger and trying to tag people. Some people were just email people. Some people were like in a Facebook group. And so everything was still everywhere, despite the fact that that whole thing was created to stop that. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole purpose of it was created that, so that that doesn't happen. And all the communication stayed on that channel. Um, Slack is another one where it was like create specific Slack channels and then everything stayed. And it was, you know, the people who were tied to that project and 
Um, I really love the idea of those. I think they solve a big, a big problem when you're collaborating on things and, and get it, everybody focused and, you know, driven towards the same thing and not a long email chain or, right. you know, on messenger or text message on phone call and where everything gets lost on zoom calls. Like, uh, they're, they're great, but I, in the projects and I've, I've used them in like three or four different projects and it just seems that things are still everywhere and people mm -hmm. feel like you had, you spend so much time trying to pull people back to it that, um, that sucked. Yeah, no, and that is completely valid. And I've heard that before as well. I personally use Basecamp for the projects that I work on with my clients. And the way that I explain it to them is that when you're using Basecamp with me, you are welcome to use email as your primary mode of interacting with Basecamp because Basecamp allows you to receive emails. And then there is a specific email address that you can actually email in order to get stuff into Basecamp. And if things come into my email, I've had admins go in and just forward those straight over to the Basecamp project that's relevant. And it, nice. it's education. It is really education. Another yep. thing that I like with Basecamp is I have the app on my phone. And then, so if I get a message in Facebook Messenger or in um, just like a text message or what have you, I can actually copy it out of there and paste it into Basecamp, which is still work, but right. um, I've, I've it's not that been, bad. It's not that bad from the phone. It's actually a lot easier to do some of those kinds of things from the phone. And as a mobile entrepreneur who sits at gymnastics multiple days a week, being able to streamline my processes when I'm not actually technically working on a project. That's kind of how I've made uh, project management tools work for me. I've played with all of them um, probably, or a lot, at least a lot of them. And um, it's one of those things that you have to say I'm all in and the people who you're bringing into those projects have to be almost all in themselves as well. Definitely. Active Collab is another one I've used, um, and I, I didn't really care for that one. I, I thought it was, um, things kind of seemed all over the place. Maybe that was the people I was working with. They had set it up, and things were just kind of all over the place. I didn't really enjoy using that tool. Yeah, and again, that's that's part of it as well. So what I'm saying to the tech of business audience is that it's okay to play around with a tool and decide that you like it, decide that you don't like it, or that there is only a specific use case for it. And it's all gonna help you move forward. And if you're happy using the Facebook and the, and the docs and everything else, don't try and fix what isn't broken. That's kind of where I'm, right. where I'm going with all of that. Although if things are falling through the cracks, that's why those exist because they there is no cracks if you're everybody's using it. it so, absolutely, absolutely. Do you have um, a team that work with you? Are they uh, virtual? Are they real life? Are are they non-existent? Are they contract basis? How do you um, continue to move your business forward? Usually contract basis. Um, I have had uh, in the past, my, my business originally was an agency. So it was a lot of done for you. And there was a lot of design, a lot of ad copy, a lot of everything, video creation, landing page creation, a lot of stuff. Um, now it's 
almost 100% um, coaching and consulting now. So it's mostly me and a couple of uh, contractors as needed, but uh, I've shifted it to, to majority me um, and I'm able to get things done. And, you know, my job ends when the call ends, mm-hmm. which is it's good. Whereas before it was my job began and then would have to, you know, write out all the tasks and disperse them. Um, now I don't have to do that very often, which I prefer. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it makes, it makes good sense. And I know that some people who are in more of a coaching or consulting role will have a team helping them um, with their scheduling and with their notes and with their organization and their backend processes. And when you don't have those extra pieces, you actually don't have to have those checks and balances with, is this technology working for my team? So is it really like you, Jared, get to just kind of decide what is working for me and helping me be the best for my clients and for that connectivity? Yeah. So so for me, one of of the things that saved me a lot was I create um, subdomains and do redirects to things that I I want. So um, like for calendar links, I have like nine different calendars set up and all of them have a short code that goes to them and I, I know what all the short codes are and I can just type that really quick and drop the specific calendar for whichever one I want and I don't have to have a VA send them an invitation and pull the link and all that's done I don't, right. I don't need to do that anymore I yep. just know what calendar I want to send them to and why and then I can track my results and see how many um, calls were booked on each calendar and what method is working. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that makes really good sense. So just kind of taking a step back, because again, I want to make sure that we're not glossing over any tech terms. What you're talking about here is instead of having, I personally use acuity scheduling. And so my acuity scheduling link is acuityscheduling.com forward slash. And then it's got about 4,000 characters after that. And I have to go in there and grab the links every single time. Instead of doing that, you can go in and you can create whether you're creating it um, on your host as a as a domain redirect or you're creating it inside WordPress or you're creating inside any number of different tools. You can say techofbusiness.com forward slash 30 minute consultation. And that would yep. be nice and easy for me to remember. By the way, that link doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it should, but no, that's, that's the idea is you're making it nice and easy for you to remember, nice and easy to type, and you don't have to spend the extra two or three minutes going to grab that link all the time. I, I have that even to connect with me on LinkedIn. It's linkedin.123getfound.com because I don't want to go look for that link anymore because I forgot what it was. It was like linkedin.com forward slash, then there's right. like two little letters forward slash whatever I made it. Like... I don't even know what it is and I don't have to anymore. Yeah, no, I I really like the idea of using it as subdomains, as you're saying. So instead of having the slash and a bunch of other things after the domain, it's actually just sitting right at a very root um, level. And, you know, based on this conversation right now, I actually want to create a freebie. It'll be available on the show notes page talking about exactly this redirection and the two strategies nice. that we're talking about. So that'll be over on the show notes. Thank you, Jared, for giving me that, uh, that idea. And that one, um, it just sounds like such a, a winning situation, just making it easier for yourself, making it easier for anybody who is a virtual or, um, in light, um, 
in-office team member to be able to share the important links that will help drive your business forward. I like that it, a lot. <laughs> it's so helpful. I think I have like 16 of them right now because it's so helpful. And I, I, by the way, created it as a subdomain instead of a forward slash because I'm going to be launching a new website and I don't have to change anything with any of those. So I can yes. launch it and it's going to be the root domain and it's fine. But right now, the subdomain is going to work no matter where my hosting is, no matter what my platform is, no matter what. I don't have to make any adjustments. I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like this was a, such a huge nugget for me personally. And I think that a lot of people in the, uh, the uh, podcast listening audience are going to appreciate that and just kind of hear about how the real world does all this tech stuff. So Jared, thank you so, so much for that. I'd love for you to share with the audience how they can connect with you, some of those fun links that you might have. <laughs> and uh, then we're going to come back and I'm going to have one last uh, kind of curveball question for you. Um, yeah, depending on whatever your platform is. So I mentioned before, if you want to connect on LinkedIn, it's linkedin.123getfound.com um, or facebook.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D-P-P-C. Um, those are my most active platforms. Great, great. No, that, that's wonderful. And as I alluded to, I like to throw kind of a curveball question at the end, because why not, right? This is my podcast and I get to ask you whatever I want. And yes, I guess you do. <laughs> it's kind of fun that way, right? <laughs> so my question for you, Jared, is if you had a way of getting directly in front of your ideal clients with a brand new software or website or what have you, what would you want that software or website or tool to do that doesn't currently exist? Hmm. That doesn't currently exist. Um, I don't know. I'm pretty happy with all the solutions. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I mean, uh, I mean, maybe if, if we could merge all the stuff. So I, I think Kartra is trying to do that, being uh, an all-in-one solution. I haven't tested that to know that that's like what I really want, but they're bringing everything under the sun in there. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't think I, I have any massive flaws with everything, either that or I've just learned to deal with all the quirks and adjust and, and deal with it until somebody comes up with something cool and I go, oh, wow, I wish I had that. Uh, but currently, I, I don't think there's any uh, massive flaws that I'm unwilling to deal with. Totally. No, I, I get that. And I, I completely respect that answer. I, I think that there are a lot of opportunities out there. And sometimes we use the best parts of the best pieces of software and we make a custom solution. And so you know exactly where you're meeting your clients, when you're meeting your clients, how you're meeting your clients, and you've got all of your systems dialed in to make it all work. So yeah. Jared, Thank you again so, so much for coming on the Tech of Business podcast. And if everyone wants to connect with you, they will have all those links available over on the show notes page. And again, um, I'm delighted that you were able to make the time for us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It was fun. 
Thanks for listening to the Tech of Business podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Overcast, or wherever you download your favorite shows. You can also check out the show notes and learn more about me at techofbusiness.com. I'll see you next week.